Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about tons of Disney Plus originals, sharing our thoughts on the Jungle Cruise, plus um, also I'll be talking about the new second batch of Short Circuit. I'll also be talking about Hawkeye and the whole issue going on right now with Scarlett Johansson versus premier access but before we get into any of that quick bit of housekeeping if you haven't already done so make sure you go check us out over at what's on at disneyplus.com you can find us on twitter and facebook so make sure you sign up there you've also got a mailing list as well you can sign up on the website to get it directly to your inbox also just a huge thank you to our supporters on patreon and also youtube channel members for helping us keep up the lights on paying the bills and all the rest of it your support really makes a massive difference you can become a member from as little as two dollars a month get early access to some videos you also get um, exclusive other content and you also get to take part in the weekly Q&A um, so a big thank you first off to Sarah for being um, at the platinum level thank you very much for all of your support also a big hello and thank you to Andrew Jacob Caleb Red Marsman Aero G we've got Andrew Cody Darren the Juice Lauren and James while over on the YouTube so big thank you to Jay Blue we've got Raphael my VCR still works Bina Joshua, Adam, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. Again, thank you for all of your support. It really does make a massive difference. All right, let's get into the news this week. So we've got two kind of main news bits. First off, Hawkeye has now been confirmed, and it's going to be coming out on November the 24th, which is a Wednesday before Thanksgiving, just the day before. Um, we got a, the, a first image of the two characters, which I didn't really think it was the best image of the two. It wasn't like it was a proper promo shot, but it was a shot from the still. I probably would have preferred like a poster or something, a little bit more um, jazzy. Um, but it's good to have the date. So we know it's going to be six episodes, so that will then pretty much run us right through, I think, to um, New, uh, New Year's Eve. Um, it also means that then it misses kind of Eternals, so that's one good thing. It doesn't. The only thing it's got overlap with will be the um, Spider-Man uh, free movie. Kind of, I can't remember what home version that is. And no <laughs> and way the, home. No way home. I keep getting. I keep calling it Far From Home, and then it's like no, it's, it's the other way around. So that one, that one's good. It's definitely interesting that they pulled that one in and kind of made that announcement, got it out there. Um, because a lot of discussion now about like Miss Marvel, whether or not has that been delayed. That is due to arrive before. So my guess is October, maybe end of. I'm guessing. I'm guessing end of either end of September or beginning of October. Even though what if runs right through to the middle of October. I mean, we might just go into it. And the other question is, does that affect uh, Star Wars Book of Boba Fett? You know, is that going to be pushed back a little bit um, because of Hawkeye, or are we going to be getting both two shows? But I think if you're going to do it, you want to do it in December when everyone is home, everyone's watching TV. You know, de- December is kind of prime TV time. So I, I can't help but feel like that's going to give that one definitely a boost. What did you think of that release date? I, it's a good release date. I mean, Thanksgiving here in the States, so that lines up. It, it's not quite December, but, mm. you know, uh, it's still a, a big family gathering. What are we going to do after we stuff ourselves silly with way too much food uh, and you know, Hawkeye seems like a good one. I also agree, though. The promo shot was just like, eh, it's the two characters. Yeah. At the same time, though, it's probably because like there's almost no post-processing that had to be done to it. It's not a special effects shot. No. Uh, and they're, they're probably still very much in the, uh, uh, yeah. not the early stages, but th- they probably don't have too many uh, scenes that are completely yeah. done that need yeah. the special effects. Uh, kind of, yeah, I was going to say it's kind of it's quite far out, but maybe as well it's like, like okay, we know Loki's over, we know we've got you know we need to keep people engaged in Marvel. I mean, I don't know why not because we got What If coming up, um, you know, and that's going to be a, a fantastic well, show. But well, they I think they 
Yeah. What if is kind of like a special case? We don't know what its status status is in terms of continuity, because uh, yeah. the the implication in the name alone is the these stories don't count. They're fun. They're hypothetical. But then the trailer kind of had like a linking story between them, so there yeah. might be something to it. But yeah, the, when you have something like Loki or falcon and winter soldier you're like this is part of the mcu i'm super hyped about it and what if it's kind of oh yeah i'm excited for it but it's a little side project yeah it's definitely in in that side project category but yeah i do think it it's just interesting that they went with this idea of doing it but also they're being very much more open with getting out dates and stuff much earlier i mean we're already now starting to see some of the stuff coming in for september of the dates of what they're announcing um so they're being much more in advance than they used to be because before it was like you wouldn't really necessarily know what was coming up until like a couple of weeks before. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't, it's not going to change because we've seen that happen anyway with shows in the past. But also with Hawkeye, it's going to be a bit of a busy week because you're then going to be getting the new Beatles Get Back documentary dropping every day after Hawkeye. So literally Wednesday's Hawkeye, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are new episodes of the Beatles. So we've got a packed like uh, weekend. Plus, I think Enchantico will be out as well. Um, on Chanto, I can't quite. I think, I think yeah. it's Enchanto. Yeah. Um, um, I, I saw the trailer again. Yeah. This this past day, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Enchanto. Yeah. It's so that's going to be quite a busy week. So I, I'm glad that we're getting it out there. I'm glad they're being quite um kind of just getting the dates. So, so so we kind of know. I think that's always a good thing, moving forward. Now with Hawkeye, there was obviously a little um little Easter egg at the end of Black Widow that kind of helped set this one up, which might have ended up causing a massive issue for um, Disney as a whole, because this past week, uh, it's been revealed that Scarlett Johansson has issued a lawsuit against Disney over the breach of contract for Black Widow, because it was supposed to have been just released in cinemas. However, it was also released on Disney Plus Premier Access, and therefore they are disputing that that she would have made more money with, usually like with movies, what they tend to do is the high-end stars have like benchmarks or milestones, so when their movie hits a certain point, they get a bonus. And so they're stating that because of pushing it onto Disney Plus, um, because it's helping their, you know, helping the, the the Wall Street price for the stock market and helping subscribers, they're pushing on that side of things that it um, that that's to cost them money or cost her money. So she's um, trying to get that back. Disney and then come back with some counter arguments saying, you know, with COVID and um, that she's already been paid twenty million, which is quite low. I mean, they don't normally sort of say publicly how much somebody's been paid. Um, trying to kind of deflect a little bit because this is this is a really tricky thing with this one because on one hand I you know the contract with Scarlett Johansson you know if the contract states that that's what she gets and that's what she got um, they should honor it you know that's what the contract's there for you know and then on the other side Disney's also trying to keep the, keep the train moving and you know there's been like things of whether or not she wanted Black Widow delayed again until the pandemic was over at which point they can't you know, there's that whole thing of they can't put the whole MCU on hold because there's just one move because then that's the trouble with the, the Marvel stuff and the other issue like I said with the Disney Plus side they, they seem to be like pushing for that they want a bit of that because she was pushing sales of Disney Plus and she wants a piece of that and I was a bit like well it's difficult with, with that one because you're not getting your Disney Plus subscription is not getting you Black Widow so it's hard to kind of in my view kind of go well yeah she's, they're pushing you to Disney Plus you're getting, she is getting a share of the premier access. So, you know, it's not like she's not getting the money from that. It's, it's a bit of an odd one. Um, it seems right now there's a lot of a bit of a push going on. The, 
the trades and a lot of the cinema kind of focused places are focused on trying to get rid of premier access because they don't want it you know but there is some i would say some conflict of interest in some ways of some places wanting sort of premier access to go away because they don't like it they want to keep going obviously from my point of view i want premier access to stay because it's great for disney plus so you know i'm going to state that straight off the bat that obviously for my interest it's better everything's on disney plus premier access um but i can definitely see there's 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 ground in the middle here there is definitely ground they probably should have made a deal i'm also apparently there's reports now that um emma stone is considering her options aka kind of saying disney yeah give me some money and it's like over the side there's also the other issue then coming up of what's going to happen maybe with emily blunt and uh the rock because of jungle cruise being on there um this weekend on disney plus premium access now there's all kinds of stuff floating around there's there's a lot of people against it there's a lot of people for it some people are on the scarlet side there's some people on the disney side ultimately you've got a big battle going on with value for money and the other problem I do have with this is that if every single um, actor wants a slice of the revenue cut, because all oh, my things on Disney Plus is just going to continue to go up in price, and therefore that's in, in you just can't run a streaming service with everyone getting a slice of of the money. Well, that's why Netflix like pay more upfront so that they don't have all of these back end stuff. But it's a very complicated system, and there's a lot to unpack there. But let's start yeah. with that first point, namely. Uh, actors getting a cut of the revenue it's worth pointing out that that's actually extremely rare uh most actors do not take a percentage of net profits or or gross profits whichever it goes off of uh it it's so rare in fact that normally when it happens it actually makes the news and in fact in the mcu uh itself scarlet is only the second person to have a percentage profit deal at all the first being robert downey jr Mm -hmm. uh uh, none of the others have a profit sharing deal as far as has ever been revealed. That's Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, I, any of them. I don't, even, I don't even know if it's a profit sharing. I think it might just be a milestone bonus. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm using possibly the wrong terms and we don't yeah. have a full view onto yeah. it. But the idea that uh, you hit these milestones or, or um, you just get a small amount of, well, small in relative yeah. terms, of extra money based on how well it sells. Uh, Alec Guinness was very famously in on star wars like he yeah. he took a lower upfront fee because he thought it was going to be successful and you know it panned out for him yeah. obviously we don't hear about the actors who do this and then end up in bombs uh yeah. it, that doesn't really get advertised so there's a little confirmation yeah, bias it's, it's, there. it's the kind of thing of you know all of this stuff's going on and warner brothers had a similar problem last year when they announced that everything was going to be going to hbo max um, in 2021 they then had massive problems they then had to pay a lot of money out to um wonder woman they also had to pay out some money to keanu reeves and denzel washington to kind of get rid of the the bonus system because as they're all you know ultimately they're all set to make this money and it's part of their package and i don't dispute that and also you got to remember you know, whatever bonus they do get, you're then going to have high taxes, probably 50% because of the high value of it. You're then going to get agents and management and everything slicing into it. So it's not like here's 20 million and you can run off and go off to, um, and it's, it's a very tricky situation. I definitely believe there's actually, there's mistakes on both sides. I had, you know, if they were going to put it on Disney plus premium access, they needed to have sorted out the contract and all the rest of it first. Now the argument with Black Widow at the moment also is, with the pandemic being the way it is, box office is a little bit soft. There is very much front-ended where everything's selling a lot in the first weekend and then it's dropping a lot. So, But also with the, the reduced 
um, window that they're in cinemas. You know, that's also can hit into their financial thing. And right now, like I said, there's a whole thing going on between the industry fighting against the, the, sh- the faster shift. They don't want to go back to what it was pre. So this is a bit of, with a lot of people getting behind this because they want this to kind of wobble Disney to kind of go back a little bit and take a few steps back because they don't want. So and, there's a, and the thing is, it's a very tricky situation. Ultimately, you know, for us as consumers, we want the best content. If the press, if this goes too much one way, it can hurt us. And also if it goes too much the other way, it can hurt us. So we need to find that, you know, that balance. Um, I don't believe it's a case of choosing Disney versus Scarlett Johansson because that's the way it's trying to be put against you in one camp or the other. I feel like they've both got merits. And I'll be, I yep. do feel like there's, there's elements on both sides. Um, if they haven't agreed to the contract for Disney Plus release beforehand, that needed to have been done. You know, they should have done well, it. Apparently there's reports of Kevin Feige was upset with the situation. It's a very messy situation. So there have also been reports that Scarlett Johansson tried to have those negotiations yeah. with Disney um, in recent months. And Disney either uh, said no or flat out ignored it. The reports are kind of conflicting yeah. at the moment, so we don't really know for sure. Um, but it is worth noting out that almost all of these contracts, and I'd be amazed if this contract didn't have it, um, is a clause for catastrophic events. Yes. And when the catastrophic event happens, which COVID would certainly fall under, uh, either side can initiate a renegotiation process mm-hmm. to, uh, to change it, to account for that, which is what Scarlett tried to do. And again, we don't know what Disney's response or non-response was to that. Either way, Scarlett was not happy with whatever that was, and that's why we're at a lawsuit stage. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have gotten to that. Disney should have come to the table with a, a good faith offer, and they should have had the conversation. That is why I'm leaning Scarlett for the yeah. most part, but I, I do agree this is a middle ground. Both mm-hmm. sides need to compromise on it. But if Disney had just come to the table with a good faith offer, we wouldn't have even heard about it. No, this is the thing. And the fact they went public, um, but then also they purposely made it public the time they put it out there. Um, Disney's response back was very, that's also got a lot of people um, rattled because it was a bit of an assault on her as as her character and like shaming her into how much money she's earned and stuff. Because I mean, I I mean, I've seen people say, you know, this is the millionaire versus the billionaire kind of thing right now. And you know, is and trying to get us to kind of pick a side. And I think it's like, you know, they at the ultimately, if it's in Scarlett Johansson's contract, if it's if it's there, that's just you know, that's it, it's gotta be paid. Now, whether or not they can keep delaying it, I don't necessarily agree with the pushing to Disney Plus idea of like it's helping the stock price. I don't really think Premier Access is helping the stock price at all. It's the fact is of like along the lines of, well, we want some money and the only way we're going to get it is through Premier Access. Literally, I just read just this morning, um, Clifford, the Big Red Dog, that movie's been pushed back again. There's a load of now movies starting to come off the schedule because of the variant coming back in and um, mask requirements coming back in. It ain't over. We're still in it. And I think there was almost this like feeling of like everyone was charging forward. I mean, we were having it here this month as well. Where it's like, yeah, 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 we're all going. It's like, and then it's just kind of you know whacked us and gone, yeah, it's not over yet. We've still got the winter, it's gonna be bad. And um, I think Disney are gonna need premier access to get through the winter. I do, I think that's gonna be an issue. And but it's interesting they're now still pushing Shang-Chi and Free Guy as cinema only. But this whole situation right now with this contract has just shown Disney Plus Premier Access in such a negative light. It's going to be very strange. And 
I think more than anything, that is the core of the issue here. You can be pro Scarlet, pro Disney's, whatever in the middle. The real crux of this is the contract. And this is not the first time we've seen this issue with the contract, as you mentioned. And then, of course, Emma Stone reportedly, you know, talking contract stuff. The movie industry has not adapted to the streaming uh, revolution. Let's call it that. Uh, Obviously, it was already starting thanks largely to Netflix and a bit to Hulu, but COVID just accelerated it. We've, we've talked about this plenty of times and the contracts have not kept up. Uh, the contracts need to have modern streaming uh, clauses in them to supplement the yeah. whatever box office numbers, uh, upfront payment bonus figures, they have to. Yeah. And that will include stuff that has been held back since 2019 or 2020 because of COVID. They do need to renegotiate them and, this particular case, in addition to some of the other ones like yeah. HBO Max has had to deal with, are setting the precedent. And if Disney wants to salvage PR from this, they really need to proactively go forward and be like, all right, um, we're in talks with The Rock and Emily Blunt about their stuff for Jungle Cruise. We're in talks uh, with the other movies that are coming to mm-hmm. to Disney Premier Access. We admit we screwed up uh, and let this go way too far, but we're fixing it now. That's what they need to do. Yeah. Whether or not they will, I, I think. I think this is all going to get sorted in, par- in private. There'll be a deal. That we, we'll never get. I don't think this will ever get to court because Disney don't want it going to court, um, and I don't think necessarily Scarlett because it could go the opposite way. You know, she could go to it, and then the judge goes, "Well, no, COVID just threw your plans out the window. They, they, you've, they've given you." Your cut. It's very tricky. Um, I've seen a lot of report. I've read so much on this this week. And different experts are kind of weighing in on some of it being, you know, her cases sometimes seem weak. Sometimes it's not. It's very, it's all over the place. I mean, there's been so much um, analysis of, of this so, whole situation. Yeah. And so I just want to end on a little anecdotal thing mm-hmm. for you guys too. You were talking about, um, you know, HBO Max and how all these companies want Disney Plus to to stop with the pyramid yeah. access. And next week uh, we have Suicide Squad coming out. It's a DC yeah. movie. I will be watching it on HBO Max uh, and it will be in theaters. And if it was not on HBO Max, I would go and see it in theaters. I, the, the early reviews for it are, are good. I'm interested enough in it. I would go see it in theaters, but it's on HBO Max. So I'm not. So they're definitely going to lose a cut and I'm not the only person doing that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, how do you account for that? How, how do you figure how that works? And we'll talk a little bit about this when we get to Jungle Cruise, but I'm also in like the the theaters are doing it to themselves. I mentioned yeah. this in the Black Widow review where I'm like, yeah. I sat through 40 minutes of preview, including you patting yourself on the back about how great the theater experience is yeah. and like literally the opposite. You, you guys are chasing people away from theaters. You need to remind people why you want to go to the theater, not with a clip, but by making the experience better. Sorry, yes. that's my little rant. Yeah, so there we go. So with I think with this whole thing with Premier Access, it's going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. There's going to be lots more reports on it. Um, it's a little bit like um, chumming the waters right now. There's a lot of people circling around it because they want to kind of... It's, it's just... It's a hot topic. It's going to be around. But I mean, the key thing here is we've got a financial results in, I think, about two weeks' time from Disney. So that's going to be the big issue. We're going to have the information coming out of maybe how Jungle Cruise has done. And it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. 
It's going to be a tricky one. I think there's going to be a lot more noise over Premier Access as we move forward. But let's now jump into some of the more positive things. We've got lots of stuff to talk about in terms of uh, new originals and stuff this week. Now, before we jump into Jungle Cruise, I wanted to talk, first off talk about a new batch of short circuit shorts, which will be arriving on Wednesday, the 4th of August. There are five new shorts. Dinosaur Barbarian, Going Home, Crosswalk, Songs to Sing in the Dark, Number Two to Kettering. So seen all five of them. So personally, Going Home was my favorite. This one is set and he goes, he keep these, they were only about 90 seconds each. So they're very, very short. They're going to each have um, a little introduction from the directors. And this guy, he gets off the bus, off, off the train. And as he's walking towards his home, it's like flashing forward every time, like it's like every time he turns, like it's like another trip back home. And the coffee shop has changed hands. And then the, the tree that their kids are playing on the tree is not there. And then it's winter, then it's. So he gets to the, you know, he gets to the house and there's a whole scene here, which I don't want to get into spoiling, but oh my, well, I was crying. It was so touching. And literally was like, wow, that was, that was good. And because a few other people were spoke to as well um, regarding this one during because um, we had a press event this week as well where I got to speak with the directors of all five shorts and also um, Jennifer who runs Short Circuit so there's going to be some interviews going up over the next couple of days with all of the directors of the shorts and there's also a press conference and we cut, and they t- explained all the stuff about it and it was generally as a whole, you know, it was really interesting getting to speak with all the directors of these ones because they're all like animators for, um, they've all worked on like other movies and, or so, and they've worked on like Moana. So, so what they've all had to do is they all have to put their like pitch in to Disney to do these short circuits, but they do it blind. So they have to put in their pitch of what they want. And then from there they pick, you know, Disney will then go through and the, and the crew will then pick out the ones that are the best stories because they're doing it blind because they don't want to go, well, I work with that person. I work with this person or they need a chance. I want, so they do it all blind. So it's, and it's really fascinating. So there's some, some great, um, some great um, discussions coming up in those videos, but um, yeah, it's just these shorts. There's great. I mean, Dinosaur Barbarian is like a montage of like He-Man and like Thundercats and stuff like that, where she's purposely, like made like an intro but it's not just necessarily about what, what they're doing it but it's also about all like cleaning the dishes and having showers and stuff because of what what do they do away from it but it was very much in the 80s vibe so that one's a lot of fun so i'm sure if you're an 80s kid like me you're gonna love that one i just um, love the name honestly yeah. the dinosaur, dinosaur barbarian Park. that's an, it that's an just, amazing it's, name it's a, such a classic like saturday morning cartoon you've also got crosswalk which is a short all about crossing the street and the street and it won't change and he's getting more and more frustrated and that kind of it's really funny if like for me as a brit i think it might lose a little bit for british people because you don't understand that, like we would just be like we just cross the street but of course in the us you have jaywalking rules so if you cross the street you could get a fine from the police so you stand there waiting for that green man even though there's no traffic um yeah, so it's it's a bit bit iffy. Um, I, I I have to admit, I mean, yeah, we have jaywalking laws. Uh, maybe I've just lived in the right places or what, but I I don't think I've ever seen anybody ever get pulled over for for jaywalking. Or and if they do, it, it's like please don't do that again. Yeah, uh, but like, it's I, just, yeah. I think it's more about it's more about the whole idea of you know you've evolved through all of the, we've gone through life. And now you're sat there waiting for a robot to tell you to cross the street kind of thing. You can't make up your own mind. Very funny. I'm also much more of a traditional, like I kind of felt a little bit more like a, a Pixar in terms of the animation. Songs to Sing in the Dark is one 
where they're all in like a cave and there's music going off and there's these two little animals like fighting with sound um so that one's that one's very visually and sound that one's pretty fun and they've also got number two to kettering it's a little girl she gets on a bus in england it's dreary it's gray but she's trying to brighten the light and up and you know she's full of color and everyone's gray and as she interacts with people so they get more colorful but also she becomes more gray if they're a bit mean to her and that one was actually done by Anne lisa who's actually a, a brit so it's kind of had a little bit of a, a nice british um tone to that one so f- I, yeah so i admit I, i've only been to england a handful of times but i find it highly unrealistic that anybody would talk to this little girl or let, let them... <laughs> <laughs> on a bus, yeah we don't we don't talk to people on on, on buses and stuff no. so um um, it's generally like you're getting five shorts. There's going to be lots more to come in um, batches. Disney are very much invested in these shorts. Um, it was just, I mean, I, I think this is a very strong batch. I mean, I can, when I look back at like stage one, it does feel like these five are a little bit stronger. It's like they knew what they were like. They've, like the people involved kind of knew it, but they're all getting their own chance to be a director and work with the different people. And it's very much about getting... I think the next talent through and giving them some skills and, and also there's stuff that they're learning in these shorts that they're then putting into movies. They're all practicing. It's all, a, it's a whole big just learning experience and we get to see what they do, we get to see new talent. Um, this whole thing with like spark shorts, launch pad and now sh- uh, short circuit. I think it's fantastic. It's so interesting to see Disney like really embracing this and using Disney plus to kind of push this stuff forward. But yeah, you'll all be able to see them all on, um, August the 5th. Um, but yeah, definitely check them out, especially going home. Um, I mean, you should check them because they're only a couple of minutes a piece. But this stuff is so cool. Yeah, and it's just great to see all of this on there. Are they a couple minutes a piece and then six minutes of credits like in the previous ones? Um, I'm guess I, there probably is the credits and stuff at the end. Um, I'll be honest, I just hit back with the minute. That's, <laughs> that's... Of, yeah, because they were all separate like, on, on our screening system. It was like, it just, but there was a little introduction where they kind of talk about each one up front. So actually, that's a decent transition right there, because um, I know we weren't going to talk about it next, but I, I appreciated how Chippendale Park Life had three mini episodes, but they were all together in a single yeah. thing. So you didn't have to hit back or wait for it to end. Uh, that's that's my biggest complaint about the the minis. So like the Spark shorts and the Pixar yeah. shorts is that yeah. uh, you can't just be like, I want to watch all of them. Just show me all of them, and then uh, and then you can do all the credits at the end. Well, that's it. I mean, you get that with the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, which has just come back this week as well too, with yes. three new shorts. Um, and I do feel like again, I completely agree with you on the idea of having them separate. In one way, is better for people to be able to find them all, but. The thing is with Chip and Dale is had they gone separate, how would they release them? Would they release two a week, three a week? Because there was, I think there's like, fit, well, I mean, there's the, what, at least um, 50 of them. So there would have been enough for one short a week, I, which I don't think would have been a bad idea. That a new one every single week just to kind of keep momentum going. But yeah, yeah. so lots of, lots of animated stuff. I mean, while we're talking about there, what did you think of Chip and Dale uh, part, part Life? I enjoyed it. I, I, I giggled. I laughed a couple times. I, I, I've always been a fan of Chippendale, like even back to the, the original cartoons that they showed in, like uh, um, their Christmas special, them taunting Pluto back in the day. It's always been, been good fun. That said, um, you know, you were just talking about how many episodes of this they have and release schedule. I think that three episodes packed into one is about the limit that I was at. Like if they had released more this week, if they batch dropped them at, I don't know, 12, uh, 
three would have been what I watched and then stepped away and then maybe come back like a, a day or two later. Uh, but yeah. that seemed to be a pretty good balance there. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be one of those things in all honesty, you know, this show is going to be on for three months every single week. It's, it's, it's not top priority for me. It's probably one we might not really mention too much because every short's a little bit different. It's a little bit funny, but I well, probably am more likely just to kind of drop in here and there and watch. I don't know if I'm there. I enjoyed it. I mean, I've seen the next week's episode as well and I liked some of it, but at the same time, it was like, um, I'm a, I mean, I love Chippendale so much because they're, they're kind of one of my favorite characters and I was a big Rescue Rangers fan. But there is a kind of thing like, this isn't actually really for me. It's not meant for me. It's meant for, you know, it is meant for kids. And I actually kind of look at it very differently and go, you know, kids are allowed, you know, they can have, <laughs> you know, they are, we not, not everything is for us. And sort of Chippendale Park life feels like, this is for a new generation of, of Chippendale fans. Um, and that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And the fact that it doesn't really have dialogue in true yeah. uh, traditional Chippendale style, you know, they have the little chattery bits and you can kind of make out what they're saying. But that's, yeah. <laughs> you, you get the, you get the idea, you get the essence of what they're saying, which is fine. Um, but yeah, the fact that there's no dialogue really makes it hard to distinguish between episodes yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But they, it does have the feeling of going back to those old, old original shorts. Like I could totally see them, uh, doing, I don't know, the pancake episode where yeah. Donald's flipping flapjacks and they're mm. trying to steal him in this style or doing one of these episodes in the old style and they'd be completely interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, okay, so speaking, I want to say, just speaking of um, old style, we've actually got three new shorts coming up. I think it's on August of 12th or 14th. One of the, we're getting three new goofy shorts, which are all called At Home, which are all about they've kind of gone back and made them like an old school version of like the old version. And I've got to see the first episode and it is kind of, they've done the back, the background's kind of modern, but the way that they're presenting it is very much the old way. And Goofy's kind of like put on a mask, he's baking at home and he's also binge watching. So I've only seen the one where he's cooking. Um, but that is very much the old, you know, so the idea of that you've got nothing in, you can't go to the store. You've got to just make what you've got. So, you know, this horrible bit of food that he makes. Um, again this is that's kind of going back and kind of leaning in on the old style and they leaned in on that they've made it in with 2d animation and they wanted to make it look like it was from the 40s even though it's very much a 2021 issue but yeah i i i'm hoping i haven't seen this one yet but i i'm hoping that using the old style animation for goofy improves it a lot because the current style of it, of goofy animation from like the mickey mouse short yeah he is my one point of contention in yeah. those shorts i'm like what did you do to this character he he looks horrifying yeah it, i don't i don't like him in the wonderful world of mickey mouse um i like i love mickey mickey and donald look great i mean i love the the modern version of, of donald i think he looks great but yeah goofy doesn't he does just doesn't feel like goofy Whereas this, this is classic Goofy. This is as classic as you possibly could get. We're all going to, um, you know, you're going to watch this and you're going to chuckle. as a, So those ones are definitely for adults. Um, you know, it's again, it, kind of making fun of the situation and like all we, all we had to do. But they're that one, I mean, the one I saw was a little sneak peek um, the other day. And yeah, I really, that was going to be a lot of fun. I think it's, it's, a bit, it's, it's, taking, it's taking the mick of it really. It's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Okay, let's now talk about um, the big one of the week was uh, Jungle Cruise, which arrived on Disney Plus Premier Access. Also arrived in cinemas. Um, you got to see it at the cinema. I got to see it a little bit earlier. So um, this, I'll be honest, didn't didn't have to pay for it this week. So this was um, 
ironically though, my dad was going, he said to me yesterday, he goes, can I watch Jungle Cruise? I said, no, I, I've got it a different way. Oh, you, are you not buying it? No, I'm not. I'm not. Buying it. Are you sure? It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> it was like because he got to watch Black Widow the other week when I brought it on Premier Access, and he was like, "Are you, sh- are you sure you have a buy?" It's just like the way I like dropping enough hints and like going, "Can I watch it?" It's like, no, no. <laughs> so that, I thought that was I thought that was quite funny for the whole pro- Premier Access of like like. Yeah, it doesn't work, but when you've got other people watching it, it suddenly does become a little bit more. But yeah, so my dad did want to watch it just as much as me this week. So, um, but I, I loved it. I thought this was such a great... This is a summer blockbuster. You sit there with your popcorn. It's got big explosions, lots of characters, lots of gags, lots of jokes. Um, it's over the top. It's funny. And this is what I love about summer blockbusters. I, I For me... Like June to like, or May, sort of May to like August, you get all these kind of movies. This is what I love. This is the, this is what I love about movies. And this movie had everything that I loved about it. I really struggled. I got to the end and go, I could, there was nothing I didn't like. Um, I thought they all worked together. The, the banter between them was amazing. Um, apparently, um, again, I was on an event this week and like Jake Whitehall was saying, like, you know, there's so much improv that was going on. They could A, make an R-rated version, but also they probably got like a free out. They've got so much, because so much of it got into the movie as well, because they just let each other, like they were riffing on each other. It did make the press interview quite interesting because they're doing that all the time. They just, they've got, they've seen they've got such a, um, a group of them together and they just they're bouncing off of each other. And it's just, you've seen it in the pre- presentation of when they've been doing anything, but you can see that how that moved into the movie. They've just got this relationship. And I just love that. It's so much more just fun. It was just a fun movie. They they do have a lot of chemistry, especially uh, Emily and The Rock. They mm-hmm. they they have great quips at each other. The Rock was doing great um, with the puns as well. Uh, oh, they were bad. Really <laughs> leaned into that. I am not a pun person. I, I'm not a big fan of puns, but he was doing a good job. And... Uh, his the opening with him on the riverboat doing doing the whole routine yeah. was great i i mean i don't even really like the jungle cruise ride Me neither. It, Me neither. <laughs> we, we had this conversation uh offline where it's like yeah. i'll ride it if the wait time is 15 minutes or less yeah. i'll i'll do the jingle cruise yeah. the the christmas version just you know because yeah. but it's like no if the wait's longer than 20 minutes i'm not i'm not going anywhere near that uh but Honestly, if The Rock was doing was going to be the tour guide, I, I would definitely well, apparently, get in line I for think, that. I think they did that this weekend. I think they've done. That I think this I heard week. that too. I think I think I saw it happen either yesterday or something where he did get on and be a skipper. Um, kind of, it's, it's just it makes so much sense to use it. It was interesting as well. Um, apparently, um, Edgar and Emily hadn't actually ridden the ride until the premiere last week at Disneyland. So they got to see it. And then they were like, oh, the backside of water. They suddenly got the joke <laughs> of like, I'm going, how did you guys not do this ride before? And surely we're signing on to do a movie about a theme park ride. We better go over and do that before I sign up. Might be. <laughs> and it's not even like they could use the COVID excuse because they did all the filming back in like yeah. 2019 other well, than it, pickups. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, that movie's been sat in the can for like five years. I mean, it's, yeah. been, it's been around a long time. But, but I loved it. What did you also think? Um, in terms I, of- I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't, I didn't love it quite as much as you did, but I did really enjoy it. I was happy to see it. 
Um, I would not have been disappointed if I had bought this on Premiere Access instead of going to the theater. Um, I definitely could see myself watching this again before the run comes to an end. I've watched it twice already, so <laughs> I, 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 I don't blame you. It's a lot of fun. It it has a lot of the original Pirate of the Caribbean vibe, so the Curse of the Black Pearl, um, but streamlined. And obviously, you don't have a Jack Sparrow character. Uh, instead, you have um, Will and Elizabeth. But they are—they have much better banter than yeah. the pirates' versions of them do. Um, and then I, I have to give credit to uh, what's his name, Jack Whitehall. Yeah, I—I am—I was completely unfamiliar with him mm. uh, prior to this. He was a, a completely new actor. I know he's very popular yeah. over there in, in England. Uh, and honestly, he stole the show a lot of the times. He was hilarious. I, he is really good. And also, what you want to watch is you want to go onto Netflix, and there's a show where he goes around the world with his dad. And um, they've got it's such a great, and it's just basically traveling with his dad, and they're constantly moaning and fighting with each other. But he's done a lot of stand up stuff, he's been in lots of TV shows here. So, like, yeah, so for me, I've been, he's been on TV here for, for ages, uh, but this was his like first big break. He kind of got cut out of Frozen, he was he originally did have a part in it, but they cut it. So, he really, and the, I just as a whole, because he was like, he was the third wheel, but he never really felt like he they didn't make him. Obviously, they kind of had a lot of fun at his, his expense, but they didn't make him out to be a buffoon because, you know, he did step up. And, you know, I just generally as a whole, you know, he was it, he helped keep the other two just kind of moving along. Well, he provided more of the slapstick comedy, yeah. uh, whereas uh, The Rock and Emily were doing kind of more of the straight man uh, and the, you know, that that kind of humor and well he's getting like tackled by jaguars and getting assaulted yeah. and, and so forth but like you said he wasn't um he wasn't the damsel in distress character or the you know he could fight back he contributed yeah. to the fights uh the first time he throws a punch you're like oh oh wow yeah and, he, and even the rock was like oh yeah it's in the family good for yeah. him uh yeah so honestly uh, when he first showed up, you know, he's doing that presentation to the Explorer Society and he's fumbling with the cars yeah. and like, oh, this is going to be painful. And then it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it turned out great. And I, I was glad that he continued on with it. And this was just a great cast. So this, for me, my, my simple uh, review of it is yeah. it's Pirates of the Caribbean crossed with the new Jumanji movies. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's got that feel. The Jumanji movie should not have worked at I all them, but i love them too. <laughs> I'll, I'll, that's what i mean they should not have worked yeah they should not have been good i should have i i went to see the first jumanji uh remake movie mm. because i had a free ticket it was offered in my yeah. theater and i was like all right i'll go see it because it's free but i'm not gonna have fun this is gonna be a waste of my time and i came out of that i was laughing so hard this is the same thing you've yeah. got that pirates of the caribbean storytelling and flavor and flair with the Jumanji antics and cast yeah. chemistry, just perfectly done. This is this yeah. was a great movie. Yeah, it's such a great movie. So yeah, as I said, that one's available in cinemas or it's available on Premier Access. If you want to wait for it on Disney Plus, it'll be arriving. Um, I think it's November the twelfth, so a little bit later than the other ones. So, you, but at least we know the date. So that will be coming just in time again for the holidays. Let's now do a quick run through some of the other Disney Plus originals this week. So we got um, Die Hard and Hooch. This week was the, the new one. Um, yeah, That's so not that, even a joke. That, that, that is no, what it was. <laughs> the thing is, and then, uh, do you know, I watched the second episode and I'm going, wow, they're kind of leaning in on this whole, like, diehard thing. I hadn't realized the name of the sh episode. 
And it was getting more and more going on of this like reenactment of Die Hard with Hooch. I mean, I was in fits watching the the, the scene where the, the Hooch is at the table having. I was I was laughing away, and I kind of got to I got to the end of the episode and was like, okay, that was fun. That was stupid. It was absolutely stupid. There were so many plot points. It was unbelievable. And I'm like going, hold on a minute. And then I went through and I went through like the August uh, like list of all like the episode. And I think this is the. I think every episode is a poke at another movie. And that seems. And I was not expecting this from this series. I I I don't know why, but it's just kind of like, oh, I kind of like this. This is fun. <laughs> So I was kind of like of two minds of it. I'm in the same. I love, you know, movie um, tributes or, or things like yeah. that. So yeah. And Die Hard's a classic. Uh, once, once he took his shoes off, I was like, oh, yeah. okay, we're, we're going to do this. Fortunately, uh, they didn't make him like crawl through glass, although he yeah. did step on glass. That yeah. was, that was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, at the same time though, it, it is aiming very low with yeah. the humor. Like it's aiming very yeah. kitty. There are a lot of parts of this movie that are just like, these bad guys are stupid. They're, yeah. like, they're, they're straight up stupid. You, you somehow managed to kidnap like the members of the IOC, the, the yeah. Olympic committee. And you have a room full of hostages and you're not utilizing the hostages at all. And you're getting outsmarted by a dog and a nine-year-old girl. I mean, yeah. and I still suffer with Josh. I still finding it hard yeah. to see him as the main lead. He still feels like a side character in his own series. I'm, I'm. This episode kind of went from like, I don't know, where are they going to go with this? And I, they've gone in a different direction than I was expecting them to go. And I'm, okay, I see where you're going. And it wasn't what I was just thinking, but I'm going to get you know. I'm like, okay, we'll see where this goes. This could be could be fun. I, I mentioned this last week. I'll mention this again, though. I don't. I hope they're not going to drag out this whole um, the the dog handler is so obviously hitting on him and wants him or want yeah wants yeah. him to ask her out. Yeah, and, and it's like, and he is just completely missing every signal. Now yeah. I'm pretty dang oblivious to, to these things yeah. myself, but I'm just like come on she's practically gift wrapping it she's giving you a letter that says yeah. ask me out on a date and it's yeah. like can we I, i'm not prepared for 10 episodes of this the, the trouble <laughs> is with these kind of things it's 12 so we've got a couple more oh, weeks. Well, um yeah 10 more it's definitely that kind of thing of you look at this stuff like if they rush it too quickly it can ruin the show they it kind of if they stretch out too long it can ruin it too so right. definitely definitely a fun series although the problem is of course in the movie uh and one of the things that i praised about the movie was that they handled the relationship between tom hanks and and the yeah i can't remember the Handley, actress's yeah. name yeah. but uh their their romance very simply like there was obviously attraction yeah. they were flirting with each other they had they asked each other out they had a very mature relationship given that it was a comedy yeah. and it's like oh okay they handled that really well and then this one is going right back to mm. Uh, soap opera 101 yeah nobody can date anybody um, until they've known each other for like eight episodes and had yeah. 12 different meet cute variations yeah, yeah. It, it's a fun little series it's definitely interesting we also got um turning the tables which is a new is a four-part series where um was it robin roberts sits around with some other female celebrities and they talk about life they talk about um, all kinds of different topics. I watched um, watched it. For me, it just wasn't aimed at me. It felt a little bit like 
daytime television, like this would be like on in the middle of the afternoon, kind of loose woman, the view kind of territory. I didn't know 90 odd percent of the people who were on it. And that hurts it because then sometimes there wasn't any introduction. It was just like, you, you know who the who she is. No, I've got no idea who this person is. I was like, I don't even know who the presenter is. You know, it's like, and it was a little bit on the lines of they assumed a lot. Um, and I don't know, internationally, that's not going to do so well. Again, this is the trouble sometimes, it's the same thing with Becoming. They pick Z-lists US celebrities that haven't made it internationally, and so they don't tend to sometimes... I mean, obviously, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is a big star, but I didn't know who the other people on her episode was. And yeah. that's, you know, and that's obviously... It hurts it, because you don't know what... Lots of great... I think this is a good little series to offer something different. It definitely feels like we should see more of this, a lot more of this kind of... just these kind of shows where they're aimed at a different audience. This is not for kids. It's, um, I, I like I said, it wasn't for me. I didn't really enjoy it too much, but I'm glad it's there. And I'm, I'm hopefully we see some more of this kind of content. Yeah. And as I said in the past, it's not a bad thing to have localized content like this, which is very clearly marketed towards Americans. Uh, but you do have to factor in that it will be in front of international audiences. So yeah, a lot of these actors, I, I have to admit, I, don't know most of them either mm. but uh it, it in some cases it's okay to go like this person needs no introduction and then literally not give them an introduction but yeah. if even if you're making it for a local audience local in this case being america you do have to recognize that not everybody who's watching it is going to be an american especially if you're re- releasing it on netflix or disney plus or mm. something like that so yeah, take the three seconds and tell us why we should know who this person yeah. is. It was like, I think one of them was like, you know, she's a tennis star. And then I mean, in the story, they kind of explain what was going on. But it was like, I, and then the, I'm like, they, you know, they were junking around with these ones and something. And I'm like, I don't know who these are. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, it was like, I felt like I was missing, uh, the, like, well, I don't know what any of this is about. So I'm feeling lost. And that instantly puts you kind of like, well, I don't really get, I'm not in on what's happening. And you kind of, yeah, it's a bit of, yeah. And when you have, to, you have to end up starting Googling people to find out what they've done, it, it's like, yeah, that means that they've missed that intro very badly. It, it's a very specific kind of show. Um, and it, it, it hits a very small audience, but that audience will really love it. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, very well done. Kind of did remind me a little bit of the Oprah and Prince Harry kind of set up of how they were sat because maybe maybe it's just something that you guys do over there sat in the garden the tables opposite and stuff it was just, i i'm pretty sure that was a that was a covid concession yeah. <laughs> Nor- normally it's like more of the sitting on a couch than yeah. the two couches and but in like a living room style format yeah, yeah. but no overall i like to see more of this more of these kind of content um you know just give us some more choice and also you know stuff that's not aimed at kids you know you can you can do it disney you can do it with the us um we also got High School Musical, the musical, the musical, the musical, the musical, the series. Um, the finale. It, it was the finale. Oof, I, don't, I don't, it kind of ended and I kind of was like, okay. So they're all, it, it ended, I'm like, it ended on the cliffhanger. Um, but at the same time, it was a bit of a lot of lines of, wow, this series really did just flap about all over the place. I mean, they gave every person the perfect opportunity to pay on the best performance they possibly could. And there's no dispute in the fact that their performances are fantastic. You know, they are great. The singing, the dancing, the that, all of it. It's just the story in between was so weak. 
you know, I feel like they didn't need to, because they didn't need to go in all, as, like it didn't have as much strength in the story. And, you know, this is like, oh, the, I don't know. It just, it just felt really just lacking. Um, I mean, I do, I can't see how, how this series, if it does come back, how Olivia Rodrigo is going to be in it. Cause I mean, her character just barely felt like she was, I mean, they said it was like mirroring what happened in real life. But yeah, she's gone. She's off to college. She's gone. Um, she's, I mean, she's not been doing any publicity for the series because she's so huge right now. I was like, yeah, the, you know, the, 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 the new soundtrack's coming out. Yeah, she's not, she's not doing any promotion for it. Um, I thought it was okay, but I, I really felt that the, the season finale just really just missed. It just didn't feel that, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you've been building up for this kiss for, for 12, for like, eight weeks it's like really <laughs> again it was just like yeah so that one was there so let's also now talk um we had a new episode of love victor internationally this was episode seven mm-hmm. um another really good episode um really enjoying this it's just, again it is that kind of thing of like you watch love victor and then you go this is what you want from a high school teenage series I- I was actually thinking about this this week um, where on the one hand, I really appreciate the the maturity that they're going yeah. into with it. The people really do talk yeah. about their issues and they kind of resolve it. And there's no, the well, what I was just talking about with like the, we're going to let this linger for nine yeah. episodes when all you had to do was talk for five minutes mm-hmm. and, and resolve it. On the other hand, I was like, well, they are high schoolers and high schoolers are not exactly the most rational people on the planet yeah. that it would not be out of place for somebody to just, explode on somebody else in a completely irrational just like flash fire argument not that i want that i I am appreciating the mature but i'm kind of like well yeah they are high schoolers it it wouldn't be out of place um did definitely loved the episode though i want to uh go with two little anecdotes for this one though first thing um you know the the one girl is trying to apologize for um accidentally committing her boyfriend's mom uh which i'm I'm framing it in a humorous way but it's actually a very serious storyline um and they mentioned they were in atlanta and she's like what's a romantic thing that i can do and i immediately was like aquarium the atlanta aquarium is amazing take him to the aquarium and then later in the episode is like oh i should take him to the aquarium like yeah Yeah. you should it's an amazing I've only been to Atlanta once. I will say the aquarium is it doesn't fantastic. That one, have, that one actually have a whale shark because it's that it has big. four of them. Yeah, because I it's the fact that even I know what fish they've got in in, um, in it. Yeah, so yeah, so it's definitely kind of from. I mean, even I'm aware of the the aquarium yeah. at Atlanta. So that's but, one. so that's that's just one storyline yeah. going on. That's a really good one. Um, the there they're tackling a mental health issue without actually tackling the mental health. So the mom's off doing her own thing, being committed. Um, But they're, they're showing how it impacts the people around rather than focusing on the struggle that she's going through, which is really important because that kind of gets lost a lot of the time. A lot of times it's all about her recovery and her when the people around her are. It was that whole thing of like Phoenix has obviously got so used to dealing with it. Like, you know, even when she's gone, he's carrying on the routine. Because mm-hmm. it's like yeah, the- you know, he needs it because he's got you know that's kind of something that they did and spent time with. I thought that was good. Um, again, you know the whole aspect with the parents of kind of like their relationship, and then you had the whole thing with Victor 
kind of having problems with Benji. I mean, that final scene in this episode, I, I was like, okay. it was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, so the, this is not a Disney Plus normal show. That would have gone down. No, like, oh no, no, parents, if, if you're wondering why this is not on Disney Plus, the ending well, is, of this it, scene it is, is on why. internationally. It is on I, Disney I know, Plus. I meant to, in America, yeah. sorry, I should specify. Yeah. Um, but this, this is the second anecdote. Yeah. So, after this entire episode, it's a really tense episode yeah. because it, there's all these conversations and people are, are arguing and they're getting into, yeah. you know, what's the status of the relationship? Some people's mm. relationships aren't making it through. Some people's, uh, and you know, are Benji and, and Victor, are they going to make it through? And it's a really tense and they, they make up at yeah. the end and then you get that scene and <laughs> it, the mom busting in and just deer in headlights all around <laughs> And I lost it. Yeah. I, I was, I was literally funny. crying. I yeah. was, I was laughing so hard. I was crying. It's the funniest thing I've seen yeah. in a long time. And considering I saw this after jungle cruise, that's actually yeah. saying quite a bit. Yeah. It's again, love Victor. I love great news. It's been picked up for a third season. So it's going to be coming back again. And I'm just like, this is one, this is going to be like one of the best high school shows right now. I mean, I know it, 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 it feels so much older, but I think there's that thing for us, isn't it? Of like, we can relate to it so much better because they're telling the stories better, you know. They uh, and yeah, this whole second season is so much stronger than the first one. Um, but yeah, just a great episode. If you aren't watching Love Victor, you'll find all the whole season on Disney Plus. Um, sorry, in the US, on Hulu. All, both seasons on yeah, on seasons one and two are available on Hulu in the US. Internationally, the first season is available, and we're getting new episodes every week. That's why we can't do it the way we're doing it. But great, great episode. And let's see what else we got on our list. Monsters at work, um, fun. Um, just, I'm really, I, I only literally, I, this one's taking me a while. I'm not like, it doesn't feel like a show that I feel like I have to watch week. It's, I could very easily end up skipping this. I don't know, it's missing the mark on me. It's not making an impact. It's, I don't know what it is about it. I'm just finding it very bland. I think the problem with it, I was thinking about this quite a bit this week actually, is that the writers aren't taking any risks. They're not, they're not trying anything. They are using, you know, 1990s, early 2000s sitcoms tropes straight. They're just, they're just yeah. pulling whatever trope and they're executing it. The execution's fine. Not great, but fine. Uh, but they're not really doing anything new. They're not taking advantage of it being monstropolis. They'll get the occasional, like, oh, it's funny because it's a monster way of doing yeah. things and, and they have to adapt because it's, you know they're not human so they they don't do things the way humans do but more often than not you could just make these characters human and it would be the exact same show yeah. it, the, it does doesn't feel like there's a lot of hype a lot of i'm um, excitement about this anymore it kind of because the trouble is if you're like i want us monsters you know everyone was like i want a monsters inc sequel and you watch the first episode okay yeah i know what they're doing now so the rest of the series doesn't seem to you know you're seeing and, you are seeing mike and sully doing stuff but it's so I don't know. I'm, it's it's a good show. It's a it's a perfectly fine show. But it does feel like this is just this is the Aladdin TV series. This is the if, if this is for kids afterwards. Yeah, it's a and bit stretching it out. And the problem is that the the very premise of the show itself kind of keeps it from being able to, unable to evolve because the entire idea of the show is of course that that all the scary monsters have to learn how to be funny yeah. now. Right. Or that, that should yeah. be the premise of the show. Um, and our main character of course was going to be the greatest scarer of all time. And now he's got to learn how to be funny. But if he ever actually learns how to be funny and joins the laugh floor, yeah. 
we'll lose the entire secondary cast of this show. The, 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 the show is about these people fixing things in Monsters, Inc., which if he's not there anymore, the, the, the show then just completely changes. Yeah. I mean, you get, into, you get into the point where the, the, main, the funniest bit every time is just a bit with the, the end with Mike doing his comedy class. That's the, that's Actually, the highlight of the episode. Not this episode, but the previous episode. The only time I laughed in that episode was with the whoopee cushion. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't even the whoopee cushion itself. I mean, it's a whoopee cushion. It, yeah. it does what you expect. It was the monster after he was like, you killed it. That <laughs> that made me laugh. I was like, that's, it was okay, like, that's yeah. good. Like, knock, knock. Well, what are you knocking on the door for? Well, you just, just, this is just a rule. <laughs> Do I need a door? Should I have a prop door? Like, no, it's... Yeah, that was actually funny. Uh, and that's probably because it's driven mostly by Billy Crystal, who is yeah. legitimately a very funny man. Yeah, so that's again, it's it's a, it's a little series, but it's kind of like definitely much in the lower tier. We also got this uh, penultimate episode of the Mysterious Benedict Society, where this episode was just like it ramped up, it ramped up the every the, the and I again really enjoying this series, um, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm just ready for the finale. Um, yeah, I I this series it kind of lowered a little bit in the middle, and now it kind of feels like we ramped up a little bit. Yeah, there was a slight no. It always felt like it was moving forward. Like the plot yeah. never felt like it stalled, but it was kind of inching a bit. But now this episode was just nonstop. It was pure forward motion. All the plots kind of coming together. Uh, you know, standing on the cliff, and you know, everybody panicking, and yeah. uh, and then of course the submarine stuff. And oh, this is just a great episode. I next week. Uh, the final episode will be like literally turn off the phones. Uh, I'm going to be treating it basically as a movie, uh, you know, pop well, some popcorn before. See, and I, just, I am actually, it. this is one of those shows where I actually, I will be honest. I do. There's no second screen on this one. Cause sometimes it's like the monsters Inc. One is like, yeah, I, I'm kind of, kind of be flicking on Twitter. But this one I do actually fully focus on because um, it's got something about it. There's something about this series which has just caught my attention, and I can't recommend it enough. I, I feel like this is the, the it's the big shot situation right again. I'm just like, please check this series out. It's something original. It's something fun. It's probably, I would say, I mean, discarding like Love Victor out of this, I'd say out of all of them, this is my this is my favorite right now. Um, it's it's much it's much better than than everything else that we've got. This is definitely my favorite non-Marvel, non-Star Wars, uh, Disney original right now. In, unless they completely screw up Episode Eight, I don't, I, I don't see how this could drop down under that. It actually is a little bit higher than some of the Marvel shows for me. I, yeah. I put this higher than One Division for myself right now. Um, yeah. I always think like One Division, One Division was this kind of thing. Like, yeah, at the time it was amazing, and it was fantastic. But once you've kind of gone past it, I do feel like One Division is kind of like, yeah. But when you take all the mystery away. And you know it all. It kind of drops back because, like, half the series doesn't. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we know where you're going on it. it but, yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of appeal of going of going back to the early episodes and seeing them laying the plots yeah. for for Agatha and, and the little hints that they left in that. But yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't quite have the same grab. Uh, but anyway, back to Benedict Society. Uh, this is great i will i will preach the greatness of benedict society mm. to anybody who wants recommendations on yeah. disney plus this is yeah. up near the top right now and finally we got a new episode of the bad batch which this was very much kind of setting up the kind of the finale to double episode because we've got two episodes left um of the season 
after today or after yesterday's um a, more, a bit more of a solid episode it kind of it really felt like we were back to the being about the bad batch it was about them and it was you know you kind of feel in some way you could have done like episode like what one two and three and then kind of like jumped to episode you know 14 15 16 because it kind of feels like, like nothing in the middle actually really happened <laughs> i mean like, the the middle was the the merry adventures yeah. of all these people that we mm. we love from the extended universe and also a couple of clones this episode, I mean, sure, it had uh, Gregor in it, who we, we know from Rebels, uh, but this really was, as you said, the Bad Batch. This was them doing their thing, uh, and it was a solid episode. It's not, it's not an excellent episode. Yeah. It's not, like, top tier, but it's better than the majority of this series has been. Um, and again, I said this a couple episodes ago, the production values of this episode were really high. Like they they put a lot of effort into building the atmosphere of this planet, both visually and with the music, I thought. And also as well, very much in that case of this was setting up the idea that the clones are no longer the only troops. You know, they've kind of set, I'm quite surprised at the speed that they're going. Because it's like, yeah, how it, long, are, we, are we talking like, two, are, we, are we still like three weeks past the Empire taking over? Um, I would have expected a little, it's, it just feels a little bit like, why are the clones, why are they so obsessed with getting rid of the clones? It just, like you, surely you just use what you've, you know, if you've got all these clones being made, you might as well use, use them. You just don't order any more. I don't know, it just feels very odd. Yeah, and I mean, there's the whole thing that the clones will age out eventually, but you're yeah. still looking at like a 10-year timeline for, yeah. for a lot of them. Uh, it does certainly feel like um, Disney or Filoni or Lucasfilms wants just like, we want the transition. We, yeah. we want to show the transitions. Like, but even in, in Rebels, we, we were still in a transition period yeah. for some of this stuff. Like they were still using Clone Warrior stuff for part of that series. And like, yeah, it, it's, it's a long transition. This is a galaxy we're talking about. Literally, it's that that's it's in the opening yeah. scroll. A galaxy yeah. far, far away. It's gonna take time. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but I, I, this... overall, I, I am enjoying Bad Batch. I definitely feel like it hasn't hit the same mark that um it, it's a bit of an odd one really with these animated series. They're a very, very strange way of how they work in mm. terms of keeping they don't they they do expand the Star Wars universe and Star Wars fans obviously can get in on it. The general public is just kind of not really kind of fully in on it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good little series, but it's definitely not high. It's, it's much lower down in my, in my we'll, view of it. We'll see how it goes. The last two episodes are really what everything is going to hinge on. Cause if we go back to the last season of Clone Wars, you know, we remember like the first episode was great. And then, then we're just like, what is going Who are these kids? Why is Ahsoka yeah. hanging out with smugglers? What's going yeah. And then you get to those last four episodes, and you're like, this is some yeah. of the best Star Wars media out there. Yeah. I'm not expecting the same from Bad Batch, obviously. Yeah. Um, trying to hit that pinnacle of those last four episodes of Clone Wars is mm. probably impossible at the moment. But I am hoping that there will be a noticeable shift up in quality compared to what we've gotten through the rest of this season. Well, there we go. So that was a run through of all of this week's. So it's amazing how much original stuff we've got to talk about now. I mean, it's just a, it's just incredible when we think of you know this this time last year. I think we had a short. Um, it is a lot of stuff, so it's pretty cool. But I'd love to know what you thought of all of this week's um, news and also um, Disney Plus and Star Originals. Love to hear your thoughts. I didn't even get a chance to watch Summer of Soul which is another original which dropped yesterday, which is a documentary that I wanted to watch. I'm not trying to catch that this weekend. But 
there we go. Thank you very much for everyone for some of your support. If you're a Patreon or a YouTube channel member, again, you can listen to us on all the different audio and video platforms. And on that note, guys, see you guys soon. Later. Later. Later.